Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 37. I hope we're all having a fantastic day. Hope you all had a really, really good festive period and all having an excellent start to 2022. And this episode is all going to be about the 21 lessons that I've learned in 2021 specifically. And I think that we should kind of enter every year and reflecting on the year that we just had. And we can break it down to four topics. And the four topics that we'll touch on today is going to be work and business and our professional aspects, training, nutrition, and then life and mindset. And that's what I've broken these four elements down into. We also look at at this as a kind of a, it's not all going to be good. It's going to be bad. It's going to be the the positives, the negatives. What can we what what could we have done differently this year? And we have to look at these kind of negatives as an opportunity. And I put up a post yesterday on Instagram talking about looking at failures as as opportunities rather than looking at it as as a negative. And when we kind of flip our mindset and change the narrative of the sentence in our head and saying, okay, this didn't work out, but I know what I can do for next time. And that's exactly what we're going to touch on today. And the lessons learned in 2021 are only going to springboard us and put us into a positive place come 2022. So without further ado, like I said, the four topics are going to be work and business, training, nutrition, and life and mindset. And you guys can have your own ones, by the way. These are just the, the four brackets that I'd like to break them into. So first and foremost, work and business. So for me, I think that one thing that I always thought was quite cool and quite a sexy kind of thought process that I was always working, you know, working long, hard all the time, that kind of looking at that 5 a.m. sleep or five hour sleep club kind of thing where you would go stop work at 10 a.m. And, and wake up at 3 a.m. and start it all over again. You don't stop throughout the day. And that for me now, I can look back at that and say, that just is really inefficient and incredibly unproductive. So I'm not saying that we can't work hard or we shouldn't be working hard, but I think that we should be working a little bit more smart, okay? Having work hours, being really efficient and effective with our time, being really productive with our time as well, and not just going through the motions there. So one thing I've definitely learned this year is for myself is that working 12 hours a day is unproductive and it's just and I think I used to think it was really cool but I just really don't think that it's it's in any way cool whatsoever at the moment and the work that you do is definitely below par so being a little bit smarter with our uh, work from an efficiency standpoint and getting better quality work done as well so working smart and not and not long and hard I think also one thing that I picked from from this this year, and that's kind of leading on to this point, was throughout the year I I've probably been so at some at sometimes a little bit tunnel visioned with my work, convincing myself I don't I can't do this because I need to grow my business. I can't go out for dinner because I need to grow my business. I need to I can't enjoy this because I need to be working on my business the whole time. Where again, as as we just said there, we need to be smart. We need to actually enjoy life around um, around work, of course, as well. But business and, and Team Josh Can Conditioning for me is absolutely everything. I absolutely love it. But there's a lot to me outside of that that I need to spend time in developing and actually enjoying as well. And this is something that's kind of... Um, come to me a lot more this year and maybe I've reflected on it and while writing these lists down saying that I'm getting much better at it this year as well. I think from an, uh, number three is going to be organization. Organization and routine to me is absolutely 
paramount now it's it's so important it's actually insane and the busier i get the more clients i work with the less spare time i have doing the podcasts and the phq and uh, check-ins and startups and everything like that i need to be incredibly organized and i say this a lot of the time as well regarding transformations that people say like how the hell did did they get get that transformation like what do they do that that i'm not doing I say everyone ha- everyone uh, gets the same plans. It's the same nutrition, not the same plans, of course, but very similar plans, structures, nutrition, weekly planners, etc. Same sheet, same check-in. The only difference is that they are absolutely expert organization skills. They have expert organization skills. They're incredibly routine focused. And I think that for me this year, the busier I've gotten, the more I've had to fall into organization, set times. This is when I'm doing my check-in times. This is when I'm eating. This is when I'm training. And the more I've kind of had that regimented routine, the better and more efficient I've gotten with my time. Therefore, I don't need to spend hours and hours and hours doing as much work as now I can do in a lot shorter time period. Number four is gonna be how much time I spend on my phone. So right now, my phone is on the other side of the room um, on a kind of a bookshelf behind a load of books right now. It's on airplane mode. And this has been probably the biggest uh, change that I've put into practice over the last couple of months. Um, Again, the busier you get, the less time you should be spending on your phone. You can just get sucked in, even if it's just a phone vibrating for a second and you jump onto it and you see a text and it stresses you out or you see an email come through and you go down the rabbit hole or you pop onto Instagram and you're there for 20 minutes. It's just so inefficient that we can just save that for our downtime in the evening, which again, we're gonna touch on as you go through this process. The next one is gonna be productivity. And for me, reverse engineering tasks has been an incredibly useful tool for my productivity. And when I say reverse engineering tasks, I'm gonna use one, um, actually we talked about this in uh, Performance HQ first performance room uh, last night, maybe maybe two nights ago, um, about reverse engineering tasks. And let's say for instance, myself and Adam, um, who started Performance HQ, for any coaches out there listening, make sure that you join the page or uh, follow us on Instagram and make sure that you join PHQ for some really, really good, valuable content on how to grow and scale your online coaching business. However, bringing it back to getting Performance HQ up and running, I sent Adam a text uh, about this months and months ago at this stage. It was probably actually about four months ago. He said, okay, let's jump on a call. We jumped onto a call. He said, okay, this is what needs to get done in the next 14 days. Okay, great. We both had our tasks. We had to get the logo done. We had to get the name done. We had to get this, that, and the other. Great. 14 days, jumped onto Zoom call. Okay, let's get our first three topics done each. These are going to be the topics. Let's get them done. We'll meet back in 14 days. Great. Let's do it. And the outcome was a little bit overwhelming for us to say, we need to get a website and the name and the logos and get content and put it into this and that and the the performance room and this and the other. It was a little bit overwhelming, but when we actually broke down and reverse engineered the tasks into little small micro goals, the outcome looked after itself. That's simply just reverse engineering the process. So if you are feeling a little bit unproductive at the moment or you want to improve your productivity, reverse engineer these outcome tasks into the process and into micro goals. From a a mentoring and coaching perspective, I think this has been really, really important for me, especially, again, as you guys are are, are aware, I'm sure that you all work busy jobs yourself and having to to think about a lot more tasks on top of everything, your training, your nutrition, your output, 
checking in your photos, checking in on your video analysis, all that kind of stuff. It just is a lot of work for us to do. So from a coaching perspective, again, having AJ there has just been monumental for my progress. Doing the photo shoot this week, this year, there's no way in hell I would have been able to manage all that myself and actually had a good uh, physique on the day as well. So having someone to kind of um, delegate those tasks too has been incredibly useful for me and I found it really, 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 really beneficial for me this year. From a mentoring perspective, even Ollie last night when I jumped on to, to our call, um, someone to kind of just settle me down a little bit and tell me tell me when I need to be doing more, but also tell me when you're, you're on a good path, you don't need to be doing anything else, just, just calm down and keep doing what you're doing. I think I'm always, I'm wired to just do more and more and more the whole time. What can I be doing better? What can I be doing more? What can I progress upon? And sometimes I just need someone just to like put their arm around me, just go, just calm down, Josh. Just do the do the minimum effective dose. What you're doing at the moment is working and just, just keep doing what you're doing. And that's what Ollie did last night. And it really... I went into the call thinking, God, I'm going to have to do this, this, this to progress everything for this year. And actually, I came out of the call just feeling really calm, really, really relaxed in where I'm at at the moment. So it's been very, very useful having both a mentor and a coach this year um, helping me through from a business and work perspective, but also my physique as well. Education. So I actually haven't numbered these. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm going to put a seven beside this so I remember. Number seven is selecting my education very, very specifically, okay? I've spent a lot of money, guys, on, on courses, education, um, yeah, seminars, things like that over the years that actually haven't yielded or given me much from it at all. I remember waking up for a Matt Jansen course, um, who's a really, really good coach, don't get me wrong, at 2 a.m. Melbourne time. Again, I actually didn't know it was at 2 a.m. Nothing, nothing would get in the way of my sleep. Um, but it was at 2 a.m. I paid a lot of money for the course. Myself and Adam both did it. And it was, to be honest, awful. Like, absolutely awful. All we did on the call, this may be because it was at 2 in the morning that I felt it was so bad, but I thought I was pretty clued in, was evaluate my time during the day. It was, it was kind of a productivity uh, course rather than a a physique development course, which is what I wanted, or a coaching course. So because he has such a high reputation name, because he's a, a very, very good educator and very well-established coach, I just said, that should be a course that I do. And I went into it, paid a lot of money for it, and got absolutely nothing for it. So from an education standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, something, whatever it is that you guys may be, may be taking on this year, just be really, really 100% sure is this exactly what you need? Are you buying it for the reputation or is this in line with what you need right now? Okay. So those are the, the work and business um, reflect lessons that I've learned for this year. Hopefully you guys can take something from it. <clears throat> Training. Okay. Into the good stuff now. So um, how uh, number eight is going to be how important being accurate is. And when we have lagging body parts, you guys will all know, know if you've follow me for a while, or if you've even just seen my physique, I'm sure, my upper chest and my chest in general, and my legs are really, really weak points for me. So what do we think of when we think of, okay, we have to bring up these lagging body parts. Immediately people think, train harder, more weight, more load, more reps, more, more, more. Where actually, though that's what I thought as well this year, and I chased getting a 50 kilo incline press. I chased nine plates or 10 plates each side on the leg press. I chased five plates on a hack squat this year. That was great, like I was I was chasing all that, but now looking at everything and I look at the development of my lats, my shoulders, my arms, my hamstrings compared to my quads and my upper chest, 
and it's tenfold better. And I say, why is that the case? And it's because I wasn't being accurate. I was chasing being, I was chasing more and not better. So I've really reflected on that this year and you will not see me make one error on any rep and not chase load on any upper or any chest focus exercises or any lower body exercise this year whatsoever because my folk my number one focus is going to be on pure accuracy with that training and if you see me step out of line and being a little bit too load focused and trying to lift more load where it's actually losing my execution tell me honestly please drop me a message i would actually really appreciate you doing so because i need someone to call me out there and pull me back into into that that level of accuracy that we want okay so accuracy is number eight number nine is going to be how important exercise selection is that you can actually feel and connect with rather than because you saw myself do it on instagram or because i saw do you know an ifbb pro olympia bodybuilder do it on instagram oh i must do it because it worked for them well actually the thought process should be like let's try it out can i feel it can i connect with it and can i progress it and does it feel comfortable for me if the answer is yes then you can keep it in but don't just do do things because you see it on instagram or because you see someone else doing it do it because it feels good it connects well it feels comfortable and you can progress it over time uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is going to be um, how useful a dumbbell is, a barbell is, a free weight is. And I think I went kind of from this thought process, free weights over everything. And then I went all the way to machines. And then I went into the biomechanics uh, realm where I was reverse, reverse banding this and and reverse banding that and changing the exercise or the, the strength profile of this and adding more load in the length and range here and adding in this or just trying to change as many variables as I can. But what I've actually found this year this year was actually just picking up a barbell and picking up a dumbbell and that kind of force where it's just pulling you into the floor consistently. It, it's not complicated, it's not sexy, but it gets the job done. And I think that you can make so much progress with this. I think we need to kind of pull ourselves back from that exercise mechanics realm and saying, maybe this this on paper is, is perfect regarding the, the strength profiles and resistance profiles of a reverse banded hack squat kind of keeps an even even load across both length and mid and short range. That's great. But what about just, just squatting? Do you know, what about just hack squatting? What about just a, a dumbbell unilateral row rather than kind of a, a reverse banded cable <laughs> upside down row or something like this? So try not to overcomplicate it. The simple and the basic stuff works. It's not as sexy. It doesn't look as crazy with all these bands coming out of you, but it works at the end of the day. Number 11, how important recovery is and how I can improve it for capital letters and in bold and italics here for me, okay, and me only. My recovery protocols are gonna be completely different to yours. Your recovery protocols is gonna be completely different to the person, the next person who listens to this podcast. And we need to understand what actually works for you. If that is like trying to increase your sleep opportunity, which for me actually doesn't work at all because my sleep has always been something that I've I've had to nail in and I have like an optimal sleep window for me that I know I can sleep good quality sleep in and if I try and increase the time in bed my sleep uh, performance or sleep quality reduces massively and I feel less recovered by actually sleeping trying to sleep more so trying to find the sweet spot for you with sleep stress management and all the recovery protocols that we can use for you specifically rather than just again copying it because I use it as well 
you guys might really uh, benefit from long duration sleep wise or sleep opportunity I would call it um, and and I might not so so trying to work out what's what's great for you <clears throat> okay number 12 is going to be around nutrition okay so sorry nutrition is going to be the next block and number 12 is going to be in that block so nutrition wise I think that I definitely thinking back at it now fooled myself in the last off season that I was being accurate and looking back at photos and looking back at the amount of maybe body fat gain that I had last year in the off season, yes, we all know we should we should be uh, not should be, but we will increase body fat levels across the year in, a, in an improvement phase, and um, but that should be mitigated. We should should try and minimise that to the best of our ability. And looking back now, my off season just wasn't as accurate as maybe I first thought it was. And now I'm setting a much, much better standard. Again, using this as an opportunity and saying, God, my off season was awful last year. That's crap. I'm just going to have another bad one this year. No, let's use this as, a, as an opportunity. How was it poor? What was my food quality like? How could it be better? Let's put that into 2022. Always using it as an opportunity. So now you guys will see that I'm trying to set the standard as high as I can. Food quality, meal timings, you know, trying to pull out as having all these English muffins and stuff. And at the end of the day, like carbs are carbs, but maybe that food quality could be better. And I'm having a lot more jazz and rice at the moment, more kind of variation with food sources. The next one after this is going to be number 13 actually is going to be um, varying my protein sources. So I'm trying to have beef, I'm trying to have eggs, I'm trying to have whey and I'm trying to have salmon. All four, am I missing? And chicken as well. So five different sources um, every two days. So train days and non-train days will swap a little bit, but trying to have those consistently, trying to varying my vegetable sources, not just having <laughs> broccoli. I used to just eat broccoli all the time or just spinach and now it's mushrooms and, and mixed tomatoes and onions and carrots and things like that, as much colors, flavors, and textures as I possibly can. So number 14, I believe this is 12, 13, I'm gonna write 14 <clears throat> to remind myself, I hope there's 21 or I haven't calculated it properly. Um, enjoying more flavor, <coughs> excuse me, more flavor um, on my food a little bit more. And the reason for this is because I feel then there's maybe also less need for hyper palatable food. So there's less need to have six English muffins. There's less need to have general off plan meal on a Thursday or something like that. There's less need to have this, that and the other because my foods that I'm eating at the moment are absolutely delicious and I don't have, have to chase that kind of hyper palatable foods across the day then. So enjoying my food a little bit more, flavoring it, being a little bit more present with my meals as well and slowing down the, the eating process as well. So actually I have doubled up on the uh, education standpoint in here. So this may actually be 20 uh, lessons learned in 2021. But also <clears throat> I would like to say, actually when I just thought, thought of this while I was saying the last one as well, try not to um, look at the kind of the, the pre-workout window as, as gospel, okay? So, or I think that a lot of people in the past and a lot of people that I coach will all say, okay, I've had my pre-workout meal. I can't do anything in between the meal and my pre-workout time. And that's one thing that I've definitely not done this year as much. And I used to think of, okay, I've had my pre-workout meal. Let me make sit down and chill out. And let me get ready for my, um, my workout now in 90 to 120 minutes. And then you lose an hour and a half to two hours just waiting around to go into your workout itself. So this is a way of saying, okay, let's have our meal, let's enjoy it. But then Outside of that, we have to be efficient with our time and make sure we're not just losing two hours before the workout itself, okay? Being a little more strict regarding our meal timings as well. Life and mindset then is gonna be moving into the next one as well. 
one of the big things, and I know we've touched on the fact that I've, it's kind of a little bit contradicting, that I've maybe tunnel visioned myself a little bit, trying to be working really, really hard and long hours all the time. But even in that and being a little bit more efficient with my time and not working as much and being a little bit more clever with and working a little bit smarter even, I've really understood this year of how much I am actually capable of on a week-to-week basis, day-to-day basis. This year, like PHQ, bringing a, a new business to the, the forefront, me and Adam pr- pr- producing content for that, another Instagram to have, my own coaching clients at the moment. Are, I don't, I've never coached so many clients before um, in a really, really good way. And we're only growing and working in one direction. The mentoring that I'm doing one-to-one, hiring a coach as well in terms of Zach, the education that I'm putting in, this, that. It's really, really made me understand that we're all so much, uh, we're all capable of doing so much more than we actually think. And if we can do that, we must. And that was probably the, the I, I can't remember, I'd love to remember where I heard it. I can't remember for the life of me, but I heard that phrase over 2021, I, I, I believe. If you can, you must. And at any stage during the day where I'm kind of sitting inside and I having a meal and I said, oh, you know what, I could probably go sit on the couch now for a second oh, yeah, I could probably chill out and just finish my work now, but I know that I, I could get this done. I could do a podcast recording today. This is a, if you can, you must uh, episode for me today. I could do another piece of content for PHQ. I could do, record a video and send it into my Josh Can Conditioning Facebook group. And once you kind of have that thought process, and again, this doesn't mean that you have to be working all the time, but we can be more efficient with our coaching, but understanding how much you can actually do when you get the phone away when you're being very, very smart with your working, when you're being really efficient, when you're being really effective, you can do a hell of a lot of work across the week. From a mindset perspective, I think dealing with the losses a lot better in terms of like things not going my way, getting, I used to get very, very frustrated and yeah, frustrated, I think, when things didn't go my way. I used to look at clients leaving as honestly like a breakup. I used to think that, how have they left? I just can't believe that someone would leave me. And I honestly get, I still get heartbroken when clients leave. I just always blame myself and I say, God, what could I have done more for this client where they're not enjoying the process? But I've gotten much, much better at dealing with it a little bit better, a little bit better now. And understanding that, you know, we have to look at this in a positive outcome. Maybe if a client is left, that's that's left a, a space for a new client to come in and a new life for me to improve and a new life for me to change. So if we have that thought process, I think we'll always be happy. Um, one thing that I did, and this probably could go up into work, but more so mindset wise, I think that how disciplined I can be with a goal and a timeline in mind. Reverse engineering that goal again, Adam, Josh, let's get this uh, three topics done today on this, this, this by four, in the next 14 days. Okay, we can do it. And we'll always get it done then. And by reverse engineering this goal, by having a big body composition goal in mind for myself, by having a timeline in mind, I just aligned all of my actions with my goals. And I understand now how disciplined I can actually be as well. Anyone who is looking to try and become disciplined, a body transformation or a photo shoot prep is honestly one of the best things you can possibly ever do in your lifetime. The amount of discipline, the amount of mental fortitude, mental toughness, mental resilience that you achieve from that is like no other. And the feeling that you get the night before you wake up to go to your photo shoot, knowing that you've done everything in your power to achieve the goal at hand is honestly just euphoric. It's absolutely incredible. So if you guys are looking to do a fo- to, to improve that, a photo shoot would be an incredible place to start. So 
another thing that I felt this, or another lesson that I've learned this year is going to be how much I value subjective measures over objective measures when it comes to like sleep and recovery. This probably could have gone in any of them, but definitely regarding the kind of whoop straps and the aura rings and stuff, I, I just kind of feel it's it's taken over life. Do you know, they're just taking over life. They're getting the phone away. I haven't worn my whoop in, in a good few weeks now at this stage, even though I just got an email today saying my whoop is on the way, the one that I just paid for the next 18 months, which is great. Um, but now I understand that how important it is to just ask yourself and tap into yourself and say, how do I feel? What is my energy like? How did I sleep last night? Do I feel stressed? Do I feel anxious? We don't need a, a phone to tell us that. So just trying to always remember that this is how everyone has lived up until uh, in, until our time. So we can get through it without having a 99% a recovery score coming up from the whoop. And we can rely more so on subjective measures. For me, it will hold much more value in a client saying to me, I feel amazing today, rather than it's a 90% uh, recovery score. So um, how important downtime is as well. And I know we're talking about a lot of work here and, and how much we can do in capable, but that doesn't get in the way now for me at all with downtime and having, you know, two hours where myself and Gigi can just go and chill on the couch and just watch some, you know, aimless, uh, easy, easy to watch TV, have a meal in together, something like that is so important. And maybe I neglected that for the last year or for, for half a year or so. And I understand how important that is for a recharge, to re-energize myself for recovery. And I look at kind of like the first couple of weeks of last year where I remember we must have had about 10 or 12 new startups in the first week. And that week, I must have, two weeks in a row, I must have worked maybe 7 a.m. till about 9 p.m. in the evening for literally two weeks in a row. And I remember just being so burnt out. I think I probably got sick by the end. My training was awful. I was in an awful mood. I wasn't didn't want to go out, didn't want to do anything. And just because I wasn't giving myself enough downtime, I wasn't, I wasn't giving myself enough time to recharge and relax as well. And I think this has been a really, really monumental point for me for this year. And it's allowed me then to come back into work the next day, recharge, re-energize, ready to rock and working smart rather than working aimlessly for hours and hours and hours in an inefficient manner. The last thing, I think this is the 21st one, and um, apologies if I've got it wrong, hopefully you guys have been counting, because I haven't been. And um, The last one that I'm gonna leave you with is just being a little bit more present this year and experiencing kind of new memories, you know, with Gigi, with my friends, with friends, families, and loved ones, etc. and how much I, I love these and how much I want more of these into my life this year. And something I've really struggled in the past, I think in looking back and reflecting on it a bit now, is even when I was on a holiday, when I was on a really nice day, when maybe, I can't even remember now at this stage, but a really nice day out with Gigi or a really nice day out with my family or whatever it was, I'd just always be thinking about the next day. I'd always be thinking about what am I putting up on social media next week? Who's coming into me client-wise this week? What can I do to get more clients? What can I do to drive my business? What can I do to do this and the other? It was always just never enough for me. And I feel now that I'm, there's moments that I can really remember and actually feel like how I actually felt in that moment in time. And I feel a little bit more kind of cemented and present in that moment across the year. That that was never the case for me. I can't remember, you know, things that happened maybe a year ago, like I can do over the last kind of six months or so. Maybe that's just a timeline perspective. But this year I've been much more present, I feel, and, and I've really enjoyed that. And also just like 
making new memories, going on trips, doing things that are just kind of not not in everyday life and going like going down the coast and spending a weekend down there, booking an Airbnb, maybe going away on holiday a little bit more this year because I haven't really done that at all this year at all. And I really have struggled with that in the past, but now I feel like, you know what, I, I want, I love those kind of things and I want to do more of these this year. So again, looking at that as something that I can use as an opportunity to progress into this next year. So guys, I think that is 21. If it isn't, apologies, I think I counted up. I'll count it up after this, of course, and make sure I put the right one in. But hopefully you've taken some value from this. Hopefully that you can take something from the work and business aspect, the training aspect, the nutrition aspect, and the life and mindset aspect. But I would honestly really advise you guys actually sit down and this took me 20, 30 minutes to do. I was able to just get all, as soon as I started writing, all these kind of things just flooded out. I had expected to do about 10. I didn't think I'd do well, hopefully 21 as well. So this practice is really, really important. I would definitely advise doing it. And once you understand where maybe, where it didn't go as well, we need to then say, what would I've done differently in this, okay, in, the, in this moment in time? And then you've just provided the solution for a positive outcome in 2022. Okay, I wish you all well in 2022 and hopefully you guys have a fantastic year. As always, uh, hopefully you guys have a cracking rest of your week. Please do keep sharing the podcast if you found some value from this. I really, really appreciate everyone who ever does. And other than that, guys, I'll catch you in the next one.